The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. Deep to right field. Way up there. They're going to wave him in. I don't believe it. My, oh, my. And look who's coming up. You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Hello and welcome to Payoff Pitch, the Action Network's Major League Baseball betting podcast. We go through all the games, all of our favorite bets from today's slate. It's Friday, April 15th. I'm Action Network Senior Editor Colin Whitchurch, joined today by Action Network Senior Writer and the engine that moves the trains on our projection systems, Sean Zarillo. Sean, we're a week into the Major League Baseball season right now. Do you have a main takeaway for betters so far, just a week into the season? Unders are absolutely crushing, and I'm worried that it has something to do with the fact that MLB has humidors in all 30 parks this year. We're at 55% now through, I guess, close to over 300 games of action. A consistent $100 better per Bet Labs would be up over $2,100 to this point, just betting every single under. I know there was a day where I believe they went 13-1-1. and but it wasn't just that day that the unders have been hitting. It's actually been the past few days that have really driven the profits. So I'm getting a bit worried that my models may be overinflating, you know, relative to past years on what these totals should be from game to game. But we'll continue to see if this, this evens out over time. It's still early in the year. Still have hitters who may be out of rhythm from spring training, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Leading off today, we're going to go through a couple of the top matchups of Friday slate. And we're going to start in Chicago with a couple of uh, defending division champions, playoff hopefuls, Tampa Bay Rays are in Chicago to face the White Sox, 7, 10 p.m. Eastern. This is one of our Apple TV Plus games. It's Drew Rasmussen against Dylan Cease. The Rays are plus 115, White Sox minus 140 with a total of eight. Zerillo, what do you think of this matchup? I think I'll be watching it on mute with the Apple TV broadcast, and I'll also be turning my head sideways at those very odd probabilities that they're spitting out on the screen because none of those seem to make sense. Surprised that both of these pitchers are very similar in my model weighted ERA. They're basically right around each other. Raskison also scouts really well, plus fastball, plus slider. I'm very high on Cease, led the league in strikeout rate over the second half of last year. 
I showed slight value on the raise. If it comes back up to plus 125, I think you could play it. My favorite bet right now is actually the over on Rasmussen's strikeout total. Action Labs projected it at 5.2. It's sitting at three and a half minus 110 on each side. I bet the over here pitched around 60 pitches in his first start. Should get closer to 80 tonight. So I like that over three and a half on Rasmussen. I'm actually mad you brought that up because I was going to throw that at you and surprise you with Rasmussen's <laughs> strikeout total. I love it today. Ben Clemens of Fangraphs wrote a really interesting piece about Rasmussen two days ago about his slider and how the horizontal movement on it has actually increased. It started with his last couple starts of 2021. It moved from 2.4 inches to 4.5 inches. He only had six swinging strikes in his first start of the season, but it was a shorter start. Raised bullpen, I guess raised bullpen's always taxed, but it's particularly taxed right now. They got beat up against Oakland yesterday. So I think he's going to get a little bit more length and three and a half is way too low. So I'm right there with you. Um, Rasmussen strikeout totals where I'm targeting. It's funny when I started the research, I, I thought that I was going to be recommending cease strikeout total. They've got a sky high seven and a half. I think right now um, is the over under on his strikeouts. And while I love cease as a strikeout machine, that's, that's a little too scary for me. So yeah, Rasmussen, I've loved him since he was at Oregon state. I uh, thought it was a nice trade by the Rays getting him from Milwaukee. So his strikeout total over three and a half were aligned there. All right, let's move on. We've got a, a, a couple of really interesting divisional clashes here. We're going to start in the NL Central. Two of the presumed top teams in the NL Central, the Cardinals and Brewers, played their first game on Thursday with the Brewers and Brandon Woodruff topping Adam Wainwright. Today we've got Miles Michaelis against Freddie Peralta, 8, 10 p.m. Eastern. Cardinals are plus 125. Brewers minus 155 with a total of eight and a half. Thrilla, do you see value in this matchup? Love the first five under, love the full game under. Projected these totals closer to four and eight, respectively. So first five under four and a half, and the full game under eight and a half are both bets for me. Cardinals, the best defensive team in my model. Pretty much any model that you'll find this year, they're the best defensive team, almost doubly so, compared to the second best team. And anytime they're stuck against a right-handed pitcher, which is their lesser split, they crush lefties, struggle against righties. I'm probably going to show value on the under. So I, I think that's just where it comes in. And the fact that Miles Miklas tends to pitch the contact, plays, helps that defense play up. It's not a guy who's going to walk a lot of people and sort of fall apart by not throwing strikes. So I think it matches up well, both from a scouting perspective and from a protection perspective for this game to fly under the total should land on seven. Yeah, I'm with you again. Surprisingly so. Uh, Peralta, you know, looked kind of shaky in his first start of the season against Chicago. I was kind of hoping the uh, the books would overreact to that. The odds makers would. I actually kind of like the Brewers full game money line here as well. A, a juiced minus 155. I think the pitching matchup is that drastic. We saw the same thing last night and a lot of people saw value on the Cardinals. It didn't work out. I think that the the Brewers are the better team here. Peralta is the better pitcher here. I'm with you on the, the first five under, but I also think I'll probably take a stab on the Brewers money line here. 155, I don't think I'd go beyond that. Let's move on to the AL West, uh, a very contentious matchup. We've got our reigning, defending, multi-time AL West champion Houston Astros against the, the plucky underdogs. The, the team everyone loves coming into 2022, the Seattle Mariners. It's Jake Odorizzi against Marco Gonzalez, 942 Eastern time. The Astros, minus 120 slight favorites against the Mariners, who are coming in at plus 100. 
with a total of eight and a half. Zerillo, where are you going here? Are we going to agree again? That's what I'm wondering. I'm thinking, I think so. Astros team total over four and a half at even money. Uh, you know, I projected this right around four and a half, but Marco Gonzalez, XERA over five last season. And we've talked about the Astros splits. They've been the best team against left-handed pitching, not last year, but on a four or five year stretch now at this point, some of the players, the same Altuve Bregman, others they've brought in over time, but even Jordan Alvarez showing reverse splits. This team just crushes left-handed pitching. I think they run up the score a little bit on Gonzalez tonight. Maybe they lose six, five, but the, I think they clear that four and a half uh, pretty decently and at a high clip. So yeah, definitely taking a team total. Wanted to take the full game over because I'm not high in Odorizzi either, but I made that around 8.3. And if the Mariners are going to be ahead late in the game, you know, you may not get that ninth inning. So we'll just stick with the Astros team total over. Six to five sounds like a great final score to me because I love this full game over for all the reasons you mentioned Marco Gonzalez, not only do the Astros crush lefties, but Marco Gonzalez doesn't miss bats. So you're going to have to rely a lot on Seattle's defense behind him. Odorizzi had a, you know, an okay opening day. He only went four innings. They're keeping it light. Also Seattle's flying. I mean, they're home, but they they're flying from Chicago yesterday. Um, both teams are traveling. Uh, Seattle's bullpen was quite taxed in Chicago over the weekend. So behind Gonzalez, they've got a lot of really intriguing arms in that bullpen. I got to say, watching that series closely in Chicago, I was like, damn, these guys can throw. Munoz, but, yeah, but Munoz is electric. Munoz is 103-mile-an-hour pitch. Good Lord. But they're taxed. They they just played three tough games in the Midwest. <clears throat> so over eight and a half full game is a bet I absolutely love. I might take a stab on the Astros team total, like like you mentioned, but the the full game total is where I'm at in a, a very disgusting pitching matchup. Yeah, this isn't like a projected value play for me. This is just a, I'm not a fan of Gonzalez and I love the Astros offense against lefties. It's pretty logical based and, you know, it's it might be a negative EV play, but this is one that I'm almost always going to bet just on principle. All right, let's move on to our next segment, On Deck. Oh, look out. Uh-oh. You think you're safe over there on deck, but you're really not. A couple of games that Zerillo and I picked out that we love and want to discuss with you from tonight's slate. I'm going to start in San Diego because we have a pitching prospect debut, and you know when a prize prospect debuts, I want to talk about them. Mackenzie Gore making his first major league start for the Padres. This guy has been a top prospect for so freaking long. People thought he was going to make his debut for San Diego in the playoffs during the pandemic shortened 2020 season. He didn't. We didn't see him at all in 2021. His star has kind of fallen. He was once a consensus top pitching prospect in baseball, probably a top five global prospect. And here he is making his major league debut against the defending world series champions in the Atlanta Braves, Kyle Wright. This line shocked me, and this is why I want to talk about it. The Braves minus 105, Padres minus 115 with a total of eight. I get that there's a lot of uncertainty about a young pitching prospect and that someone like Mackenzie Gore has a ton of promise, obviously, or he wouldn't be here. But I love the Braves here, even with Kyle Wright and his kind of, eh, you know, he's kind of mad. The Padres have been pretty hot offensively, but I like the Braves here going against a young, unproven starter who it took a long time to get to the majors. Braves 105 is a bet I like. Cirilla, what do you think? 
No value on this game for me. Historically, both guys, tons of stuff have struggled with command. I've always been a fan of Wright, have been waiting for the breakout. I think it might finally be here. My concern with the Padres and Gore particularly is the fact that they don't seem to be able to develop pitching. And I wonder why it's taken so long for them to bring him up to the major league. Seemed like they might bring him up during the pandemic shortened season. Shocked they didn't bring him up last year. And now he's finally making his debut. They keep going outside of the organization to make trades for pitchers. They seem to have no confidence in their ability to develop pitchers. So traded Munoz away. They've traded, uh, they traded Brash away, I believe, too. They've traded away these high upside arms as well. We've seen Seattle immediately develop. So, yeah, uh, I'd be concerned just about Gore's long-term potential sticking in that Padres organization. They seem to be low on their confidence to develop their players. Now you want to talk about some underdogs today from what I understand our, our, our choice bets for on deck. What do you like? You're, you're, uh, you're an underdog guy on this Friday. Is that right? I mean, I'm an underdog guy every day. It's a day ending yes. why, Colin. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the twins this afternoon, it's an early game, two ten start against the Red Sox. I'm betting the twins down to plus 100 for the first five innings, plus 110 for the full game. We both like Joe Ryan quite Joe a bit. Ryan. We have AL Rookie of the Year bets on Joe Ryan. Don't know if he'll get there, but he had a 299 XERA last year. As long as he keeps the ball in the yard, he's going to be a very effective pitcher. Slight concerns about that at Fenway Park, but I think the Twins are the value side in that game. The bigger underdogs I'm going to be on, and there's going to be on any 15-game slate, there's probably going to be three or four ugly underdogs that I have to bet. The teams today, the Orioles, the Blue Jays, or the Orioles, the Athletics against the Blue Jays, and the Reds against the Dodgers. The Orioles, I'd take down to plus 176. The A's to plus 170, and the Reds down to plus 210. These are just principal bets. I can't sit here and give you a big scouting argument. In fact, I I hate Jordan Lyles. I don't, I hate to use the word hate, but I, I literally hate watching Jordan Lyles. It makes me anxious and uncomfortable to watch that guy pitch. Uh, I have won bets on him somehow in the past, so I guess I have to keep betting on him going forward. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm betting these three games at average odds combined of plus 170, I guess, or I, plus 186. So that's 35% implied. If I hit these bets 35% of the time, I'm going to break even. If we hit them 36% of the time, we're going to make money. There's a chance we go on three on them today or any day. More likely we go one and two. But if we go three and oh, as often as we go on three, we go two and one as often as we go on three over the long run, we will profit historically. My average odds are closer to 44%. And I went at a 49% rate, including money lines and totals. So I'm going to bet a lot of ugly underdogs this year. If you want to join me, feel free. If you don't, it's going to be tough to make money because these are the teams that you have to bet and stomach if you want to make money betting the sport. Now we've got a couple extra minutes here. So I want you to, you, you did this on one of our live YouTube shows. Uh, I want you to to talk about why it's important to get these key numbers you mentioned when betting underdogs like this. Well, a lot of these overnights will move. I've generally seen this year that I'm getting closing line value on my bets. So if I'm betting a plus 200 and it closes plus 180 and that's happening nine times out of 10, I'm very confident that my model is accurately judging what the fair odds should be. And the market is eventually moving that way. Now, a team like the Reds going against the Dodgers, I know all the public money is going to be on the Dodgers today. That line actually may end up floating up and going away from me. I don't necessarily know if it's big bets coming in against it or just death by a thousand paper cuts of people coming in on the Dodgers. But generally speaking, don't bet past my price targets. If I say that a team is going to win 40% of the time, 
and their average odds are plus 150 and you're betting a plus 145 ticket, you're not making a positive bet. You're not telling my number, you're telling my pick. And that's not what I want you to do. I want you to listen to my price targets. I want you to listen to my reasoning for why I'm playing a team up to a certain number and don't go past that number. You know, I mentioned the Astros might be a negative EV play today on the team total. I don't project any value on that total. In fact, it's the first bet I've made all year where I didn't project value on a number, but I still made the play. This is a pure scouting play and that's going to happen every so often, but 99 times out of hundred, I'm betting my number. I'm not betting a team. And that's what I want you to do as well. Baseball betting education with Sean Zarillo. I love it. I feel like we should have a new segment on that every single week. I'm learning a lot just listening to you. We're going to move on before we get out of here to cleaning up our best bets from Friday slate. We did go 2-0 on our first daily recap show. Actually, 3-0. Zarillo threw in a, a kind of a bonus bet there. So we nailed our best bets on Tuesday's show. We're going to try to do it again here on Friday. Zarillo, best bet for tonight. Go. Yeah, best bet would be the Brewers Cardinals first five under four and a half. I also like the game under eight and a half there as well, though. So the first five under four and a half, you could take to minus 120 and the full game under eight and a half to minus 108. If you're choosing between them, take the first five. We'll get Peralta and Nicholas and get out of there before that Cardinals bullpen can spoil things. And I'm on that Astros Mariners over eight and a half. As I mentioned, I'm not a believer in either of these two pitchers. I think the Astros are going to rough up a soft tossing lefty in Marco Gonzalez. Jake Odorizzi is not going to last more than four innings or so, and then turn over to a questionable Houston bullpen over eight and a half at minus 110 is what I like there. And that's my best bet for Friday. That'll do it for us here on payoff. Pitch. As a reminder, we will be here every Tuesday and Friday during the Major League Baseball season. Next week, we'll have Brendan Glasheen back, our talented and awesome host. Be sure to like, subscribe, review, all that good stuff. We appreciate your listen, and good luck, and we'll talk to you next time. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.